I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Tampa Bay Lightning are like butter because they're on a roll. My good friend Stuart Scott would say that. They beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. The Stars came out, Nikita Kucherov, with two goals. You had Stamkos with a goal and two assists. Braden Point with a goal as well. Hey, did you know this? John Cooper, now the most tenured coach in the NHL. We'll talk about that. And the college football playoff rankings are out. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan are the top four. You got Georgia and Oklahoma following them. And what's wrong with the Bucs in particular? Their defensive line. Is that the reason why they're giving up 25, 30 points per game in the first half alone? We got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Before we get started on this podcast, hey, are you uh, ready for a day on the river with the manatees? Hey, I've done this. You need to do it too. If so, seven days a week, you can experience the wonder and the magical charm of Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees in Crystal River. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. Ask about their $30 manatee bronze tour and be sure to ask about their free offer for active law enforcement officers and U.S. military requires a purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price, and then you're eligible for the free tour. So Captain Mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company at Kings Bay in Crystal River. It's beautiful up there. The water always 72 degrees. I'm telling you, if you haven't had a chance to swim with these manatees, they're so gentle. They're so massive. It's incredible. And you can also ask about their pontoon boat rentals, their kayak rentals, bicycle rentals, and more. Book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-571-1888. That's Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees. All right, Steve, so you were there at uh, Emily Arena and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They beat the uh, Oilers 5-2. to two. Pretty good Oilers team. I mean, you got Connor McDavid, some, some superstars on that team, and I'll be honest with you, I watched this game, and, I mean, look, from my my seat, okay, uh, in this case in front of a TV but not at the arena, the Lightning are loaded, and, you know, they're doing this now. Uh, what, they have the best record in the NHL, I guess, at this point? Or yeah, they've now passed Nashville for – they've got 23 points. Nashville does have a game in hand as far as overall. But, yeah, they have 23 head head, points yeah. now through 15 games. So you're eight points already ahead of the amount of games you've played um, early in the season. So um, like you yeah. build an eight-point cushion to not making the playoffs at this point, and you're only 15 and, games in. And, I mean, here's what I – this is what I really like about them right now. You're seeing their best players play great. Kucherov with a couple of goals. Steven Stamkos has come alive, right? Well, they're shooting. They're shooting the puck. And, yeah. it, you know, Phil Esposito will say it till he's blue in the face and then he'll keep saying <laughs> it. Well, let's be honest. That's all Phil ever says, right? I mean, that's his whole shtick. Well, that and complaining about the officials, who were awful tonight, by the way. <laughs> were which, they? Which may have led to why Milan Lucic took a cheap shot at uh, Matthew Joseph. 
You know, what happened in that? I mean, that became, uh, I mean, from a hockey standpoint, that became like a brawl at some point. Well, I, I didn't see, I guess Matthew Joseph cross-checked someone, Chris Russell, yes. I believe, and it yeah. didn't get called. You know, I, okay, so the cross-check didn't call. I could tell you there was a few cross-checks and hookings that didn't get called in Edmonton tonight, too, and that happens. And I can understand Milan Lucic's job, as, as their coach even said, is to go protect their players and go do what he did. Uh, their manager said he had no problem with what Lucic did. So he hits a guy who's not looking unexpected without the puck. And then he gets him on the ice and starts hitting his he- face or his head. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. That's, uh, I mean, okay. I, the hit, I can say, okay, I understand. That's the retaliation, whatever. I, I, I don't like that in hockey, especially a guy who's not looking and doesn't, and he's anywhere near the puck. But then once he's on the ice to start attacking him, I mean, you know, he should be suspended for that. Multiple games. No question about it. I think he might be. I mean, I, I mean that was blatant. It was awful. And in and, and, and a, a game that's uh, it's already kind of gotten out, I mean, you know, Otto, Edmonton uh, kind of choked away the game. I mean, they were within striking distance in the third period. They kept getting stupid penalties. I mean, they're on they're on the penalty kill, and they take a, a needless penalty uh, to make it a five on three, and it ends up you know the Lightning score on that one to make it five two. Uh, Lucic's penalty. I mean, none of those penalties. You know, you're trying to come back, and you're just taking useless penalties. They kind of fell apart in the third period because I didn't think Edmonton played bad tonight. I thought the Lightning were the better team. The Lightning when, when Kucherov and Stamkos are shooting, and when they're skating, they are a tough team to beat, and especially when they're rolling four lines. And they just roll four lines out there. And other teams are playing two or three lines as it gets down to crunch time. And the Lightning are still rolling four lines. And, and they're fine with having the Paquette and, and Ryan Callahan and Adam Ernie line out there against Connor McDavid if they have to. They're okay if it's Kalorn and Sorelli and, and uh, Matthew Joseph uh, out there. They don't care. They're, they're, they're happy right now rolling four lines. And when you can do that as a team and you're that deep, that's tough to beat. They're really good, and I mean, I think there's no way to really compare them at this point last year, but I think they're a better hockey team overall. And, um, you know, and and again, what I like is that their players, their big players play big. The goal that Kucherov had, which was sort of like a sniper, like a goal scorer's goal, mm-hmm. uh, top shelf, sort, you know, short side, and put it through a keyhole. I mean, when you see stuff like that <laughs> – I mean, that's next level, right? I mean, even for the NHL, that was ridiculous. Well, that's why he's paid $9 million a year starting next year, or more true, than that. True, um, true, Yeah, he is in, you know, he and Stamkos, when they're on, and Stamkos is starting to heat up now. He's starting to hit he spots. He is. He's starting to he hit is. spots. They right. are elite shooters. Right. I mean, there's a handful in the NHL can shoot the way they can. And you've got two on this team. You know, that's what makes them so scary. They are so deep. This team, I mean, and, and you say, you know, you think they're a better team than they were last year. I, th- I believe they're a game behind the pace last year through 15 games. They were at least through 14. I don't, I don't remember if they won or lost game 15 last year. But here's what I can say is Andre Vasilevsky is in his second full season starting. So that just, that's more experience in, in, in that for him. You didn't have Ryan McDonough this early in the season. And he has played out of his mind this year so far. You know, I, I think if you gave an MVP to the team right now, Braden Point would win it. But I can make a case Ryan McDonough is the MVP of this team, especially with wow. Hedman out. 
Yeah. But Ryan McDonough has played that well this season. And, and he, he single-handedly stole the game Sunday in Ottawa and got them two points. So you, know, you didn't have Ryan McDonough. Sergachev is in his second year, more experience. I mean, really, it's, it, the, the whole roster is back, which means more experience. Yanni Gord's got another season. Braden Point's got another season under their belt. That, and they've seen, you know, this group that's been together for, you know, a, a lot of this core has been together four, five, six seasons now. You know, gone to the Eastern Conference Finals three times, been to the Stanley Cup Finals once, gone to Game 7 every time they go to the Eastern Conference Final. You know, they've seen everything. There's nothing you can throw at them they haven't seen. They can deal with it. They can beat you scoring eight goals. They can beat you in a one nothing game at Colorado. It's a scary team to play if you're the opposition. Here's the thing I love about them, and, and, and tell me if I'm if I'm seeing what I'm seeing because we know, you know, Vasilevsky is elite, right? He's second level type type goaltender in this league, but defensively, this team is so much better, or seems to be better than they were last year, just a year ago. Yeah, and it's the same, you know, I mean, Ryan McDonough came at the trade deadline, but it's the same group that they had last season. I mean, you know, granted, he wasn't there till the trade deadline, and if you remember when they traded for him, he was hurt. He didn't play the first few games after the trade. And eventually came back, and you don't, you don't know if he was 100% ever after that. Um, and he didn't have a training camp and, and the system, you know, knowing the systems and stuff, so that helps. You could say the defense, I mean, the penalty kill, I can tell you, they're being a lot more aggressive. Oh, they're terrific! Yeah, you could see the change in that. Like you said, they're not—they're not sitting back. They're—they're they're attacking the puck, all that. But if you remember on you know defense last year, you were playing Andre Schuster some, mm-hmm. and Slater Cuckoo, and he's slotted in now that Hedman's hurt. Uh, but you know, last season, you know your defense, Ryan McDonough alone upgrades everything. And, and he's playing phenomenal defense. I mean, I, you know, you could make a case. You know, pure defenseman. He might be the best pure defenseman on the team right now. Now, Hedman's overall game is is incredible, and, you, and he's you not even on the ice well, right now. He's not, but yeah. But I mean, you know, you had yeah. the offensive game and the way he directs the oh, power yeah. play and everything else. Two hundred two hundred foot yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the best defenseman on the team. But if you're just talking pure defense, although Ryan McDonough's now stepping. I mean, the whole defense is stepping up and being more aggressive too in the offensive zone. Um, and I, you know, I think there's, I, I think. There's a change, not a change in philosophy, because Cooper's always wanted the defense to engage. But I think with Vasilevsky back there, they know that if, if a mistake happens, he's gonna he's gonna get their backs most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, odd man rushes in that. He's you know he had some phenomenal saves tonight, particularly on the penalty kill, but even in a couple odd man rushes. Um, you know, there's just there's a and Stephen Samkos mentioned in the post game a quiet confidence on this team. There really is. There really is. And it shows through. And, I, mm-hmm. again, I wasn't at the arena, but, like, just watching them play, um, that's exactly the way you describe it, a quiet confidence. This team knows where they belong in the echelons of the NHL. They're already they're already getting there, you know, with the exception of the loss to Nashville. And yeah, Except they outplayed I mean, Nashville in that game. I mean, they, you know, did. they, they didn't they did. get the I goals. Mean, Pecker Rennie robbed, yeah, he yeah. robbed them. I mean, he, he, you know, that's one of those – Every year, you know, you're going to see a couple games, and mm-hmm. and, and Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky does that to teams sometimes. He he's going to do it too. He's going to steal a point, and it, there's no question. He's going to steal a couple points, and that that happened to them. So they they can play with anybody, um, but they just from the get go they seem next level. They seem like you know what we know where we belong. Let's roll it up to the Eastern <laughs> Conference Final, Game Seven, and let's go. 
Um, so, well, I mean, right, look, right now it's just munch points. Just keep getting those points. You that's get, right. You know, the goal, you know, we've talked about this before is, you know, the cutoff's usually about 96 points. Granted, I think the Lightning will be in the 100 point range, or, you know, over 100 yeah. points this year. But to get to yeah. 96 points, which, you know, means you have to score 14 more points than games played at the end of the season. While the Lightning have eight more points than games played through 15 games already. I mean, that, that's a great pace to get you right where you want to be. Yeah, that, no, they're off to the start that they yeah. want. There's mm-hmm. no question. And I, I think that's, they learn from the – I think you, you take a lot from the last two seasons. Two you know, years ago. Two yeah. years ago, they got off to an awful start. Mm-hmm. And eventually, in January, February, started turning it around and ended up a point short. Last year, they got off to a tremendous start, you know, points-wise, better than this season's start. And it got them to the, you know, winning the Eastern Conference, getting home ice advantage. Now, you know, they lost to Washington in seven games in, in the Eastern Conference Finals, but, you know, it's exactly where they want to be. Yeah. No, it is. And, and, uh, and I was there for that, and they didn't score the last two games. But that's another subject. Hey, listen, here's a surprise to me. I, I literally did not expect this to be the case when I heard it. I was like, what? Wait, what? John Cooper is now the most tenured coach in the National Hockey League. How about that? Tell me how that's possible and how you fire somebody that has won so many Stanley Cups in Chicago. Well, Joel Quenville has three Stanley Cups. But the way I understand it, when a Hall of Fame coach is the father of the general manager who doesn't like the coach, a power struggle happens. Oh, wow. Wow. That, you know, Quinville, it was not about necessarily on the ice. It was uh, disagreements with management. Mm-hmm. That he didn't get along with his bosses very well. And so well, not, not a mean, surprise to those that, that cover the team, from what I understand. I know in Chicago they weren't that surprised, but, I, no. but uh, boy, I was. And, and the other thing, you know, longevity or the lack thereof, whatever it is in, in pro sports or the NHL, Look, it seems like Cooper just started to me. He's hired in 2013. I, mean, I suppose. I mean, and that's that was a minute ago. I mean, that was you know that was five years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that that isn't like last week, but but still to to be the to be the guy that has the most longevity, and and it's John Cooper that slays me. That's like, uh, but here's what I know: if you've won a Stanley Cup, you will get another job. In fact, if you're like Torch, you'll get three more jobs. Maybe well, four. I understand he's got a heck of a contract that's got a huge number associated with it. So he might be sitting out a year or two, but Yeah. But man, that was shocking to me. Yeah, it's, I know they're it's not. you know, it's it's been talked about and you know, they didn't have the season they hoped last year. And you know, look, and the other problem is is, you know, let's let's look at this Blackhawks team. So they trade Panarin, who's Kane's guy, so they can get Brandon Saad, who's Tay's guy. Well, I got News for you. Jonathan Taze is not the best player on the Blackhawks. He used to be. He's not anymore. Patrick Kane is. So why are you trying to get a guy to help Taze when you're hurting Kane, your best player? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, I I question some of the moves. And and look, they're paying for – they went all out, got three Stanley Cups, got a lot of big contracts, a lot of big stars, and they've had to turn over their roster many times. And that's what happens in a salary cap era. And, you know, that's – but they got rewarded. They won three Cups with it. But I, I do question some of the decisions that have been made on that team. As far you know, they went back and got Brandon Sada. Well, he's not the same Brandon Sada from a couple of years ago, and you got rid of Panarin. 
I, I don't get that move. And, and there's others too. I mean, you know, you know, Quinville didn't get rid of Jalmerson, who he loved. He, you know, he didn't, he didn't make. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like a lot of those moves, Stan Bowman made those moves. And, and you know, there may be a lot more. Into, I don't follow Chicago Blackhawks hockey real close. This is just talking to some people at the arena tonight. But you start looking at, you know, some of the moves they've made in that and, you know, but if you don't get along with your bosses, then, and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's the right decision to get rid of them. And maybe the, the, the coach they've hired now or promoted is, is, is going to be a better coach long term. You know, we don't know. You know yet. what? At the end of the day, Steve, sometimes it's just time to move on. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, look, you know, the Lightning did this a few years ago when they, got, when they moved on from Guy Boucher, Guy Boucher. A, what, a year and a half after he was in the Eastern Conference final. With a team that and shouldn't lost, have been in the Eastern Conference. And line. lost one to nothing in the seventh game. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know. And, but they had John Cooper in the system ready to go. Now, I don't know anything about the guy that Chicago's promoted up to head coach now. Right, and, right. You know, maybe that. But, you know, if you're going to make this move, you better have the next guy ready. And oh, may, sure maybe they maybe they believe he is. Okay. We'll, time will tell and we'll see. You know, the Lightning felt John Cooper was ready and they had that guy in their system. So they made that move. So it, it's going to be interesting. I mean... You know, they have a lot of salary cap tied up between just Taze and Kane alone on that team, which makes it, you know, hard to, to maneuver around some things with the salary cap, but it, it'll be interesting. What Cooper said of Quinville is that, well, he's got a few more more jewelry than I have. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's, absolutely. That's absolutely true. Meanwhile, the college football playoff rankings are out, and I really don't disagree with any of this, which is unusual for me. Alabama, of course, number one by a lot. Uh, Clemson, number two, which I agree with. Notre Dame comes in at number three. And then Michigan, your, your, uh, your team, the Wolverines, are uh, in, in the number four spot. But then after them is Georgia and Oklahoma. And, and we know that Georgia and Alabama are going to play. The question will be if Georgia beats Alabama, what does that do to Alabama? How far do they drop? And also you have a pretty darn good Oklahoma team in there um, that's you know sitting at number six right now. So still a lot of football to be played. You got any problem with these uh, with this order right here? I think as it stands right now, I mean, if you know, if you look at the resume, I mean, you know, Notre Dame's beat number four Michigan, and they're undefeated. That's right. why they're three. Alabama, Clemson, and that are, looks better every week. Yeah, Alabama, yeah. Clemson are number one and two. I mean, there's yep. no, I don't think there's any question about that at this. Point. Not to me. No. Nope. Uh, Alabama doesn't have the resume, but the eye test tells you that. Oh yeah, they're great. Uh, they, you know, uh, Michigan's now beaten you know three ranked teams in a row and 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 really defensively shut them down. Um, Georgia, you know, has beaten some good teams. They did lose at LSU. Michigan lost at Notre Dame, so those are both good losses. Although Georgia lost kinda, to Florida, Georgia kinda lost got to Florida as well. Yeah, well, LSU lost to Florida, but I'm saying Georgia, right. Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. Oh lost. yeah, Georgia, Georgia right, lost to right, LSU. Right. That's a good loss. They're at number LSU. seven in the rankings. Oklahoma, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma no... hasn't played a lot, although their offense is phenomenal. Uh, maybe not quite as good as Bama, but pretty close. But they got one loss. Yeah. So um, you know. So the, the interesting thing, and we'll talk to Matt Baker tomorrow, is and we you know hit on it last night. But if 
if all those teams went out and Georgia beats Alabama, and there's which Whoa. which which four of the six do you take? Well, that's it. That's the whole argument right there. You know, granted, college football is so wacky. Who knows what it'll look like by the time December what first is the conference championship game? So December second well, when, when they're making the choices. We've seen this before. Alabama loses in an SEC title game, doesn't fall enough out of the playoff well, no, spot, we, and then we, it, we've never seen a team lose a conference championship game and make the playoff. We've seen teams. Alabama did not make the championship game and made the playoff. Well, that's that's what I meant. They didn't make it, and they still yeah. made the playoff, and then won the national championship. But it's so. interesting because we've never seen the committee take a, a a team that lost a conference championship and put them in. Wow, we've seen them not make the championship game and put them in. But we've never right. seen it. Now, part of it is because generally the better teams are winning the conference championship games. But True. At the end of the day, too, it, you know, if college football gets so crazy, remember there's a couple one-loss teams in Ohio State and Washington State and West Virginia. If they go on rolls and win their conferences while the other teams start losing, it, it's, not, it's not crazy to where those teams could make the playoff. If Ohio State wins out and Oklahoma loses a game and West Virginia loses a game, you know, maybe Notre yeah, I mean, Dame. Maybe Notre Dame loses. You know, uh, a game possibly. Although I mean, the schedule's not great for them to do that. But possibly, I mean, Ohio State could still sneak in, or West Virginia even could run the table in the Big Twelve. It, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Right. We got a long way to go. I mean, before we get to the uh, you know to the Final Four, but I'd be okay if it ends up Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan. I I think they're the best teams in the country right now. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the conference championships. But I think uh, ESPN would be very happy with those four teams. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, Notre Dame and Michigan. And Notre Dame, Alabama, Michigan, yeah. Alabama, Clemson. They'd and be Clemson. very happy with that. Yeah, yeah, they're comfortable with that. That'd be great. Yeah, those four brands they're happy with. You could, you could throw yeah. in a, even a, a, a Ohio State for sure would be another one they'd be sure. happy with. Georgia's okay. Oklahoma's okay. But, you know, as far as national powerhouse brands for television. They travel well, and there's something. By the way, we won't we won't get into this tonight, but uh, there is something wrong with the Ohio State program, and I think with Urban Meyer and the whole, um, you know, sort of feel of that doesn't doesn't seem right. So I'm I'm fully expecting your Wolverines to beat Ohio State in a couple of weeks. I wasn't here when Urban when when Urban left Florida. The meltdown the yeah. first time. Yeah. Well, oh, I, yeah. I wasn't here for the. I mean, I got here a year or two after he left here. Right. But from everything I've heard and read Ohio State kind of feels like that last year at Florida for Urban yes yes I agree and, and I'm not saying it's the same and I you know like I said I wasn't here so I, I can't tell you that for certain but from everything I've heard and read it sure seems like there's a lot of similarities you could make an argument that it's going down the same path and 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 with all that he went through with you know the whole coaching thing and stuff I mean I, I could see where that's wearing on him so I I Look, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that Michigan's a better football team, which is why I think they're going to beat Ohio State. But beyond that, yeah, there's something something a little off about Ohio State. You know what's also a little off? The Bucks, and especially their defense, and especially their defensive line. I was thinking about this, that, you know, Jason Light invested a lot of money and a lot of resources into the defense. You know, you had um, Jason Pierre-Paul you traded for, Bo Allen. We talked about Benny Curry. Another guy you signed as a free agent. You drafted Vita Vea. Mitch Unrein. Um, Mitch Unrein went to IR. Okay, so we'll give him sort of the, the hall pass. But you still had Will Golston. You still had Noah Spence. Um, you know, all these guys. And yet, 
Tell me which guys have played up to expectations or beyond. I got two. Pierre I got Paul. JPP. JPP, who's unquestionably having a great year, um, you know, making plays, not just sacks, but you know, having having an impact, right? Uh, and then the other guy is Carl Nassar. I was going to say, who, guy, was, yeah. who wasn't even here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was a guy they picked off waivers from the Cleveland Browns at the at, after the last cut. So the two guys out of all those resources you spent, JPP, okay, makes sense. He's a pro's pro. And then Carl Nassib. The rest of them, hello, Bo Allen. Anytime you want to start making an impact like you did with the Super Bowl team, feel free. Oh, yeah, same with Vinnie Curry, right? And, and oh, by the way, I know he just talked the other day to us for the first time in, in I don't know, a while. And I know he's been hurt with the calf injury. But Gerald McCoy, aside from your half sack that you had the other day, you know, now would be a really good time to start making plays. I'm just saying. Is that is that the you defensive know? scheme? I don't know. In I mean, because when, when you look at like Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen, who you know were forces Did last well year. Now, granted, granted, they they weren't playing full time. I mean, they were rotating in and out. Philly had a very deep. Yeah, defensive but whatever. Line. But but yeah, whatever. But they made they made impacts in the game. Of course they did. And, and so now they come here, you know, and and they're not. Is that defensive scheme? Is it? It could be coaching. Look, is, I, it, is it just on the players? I mean, I I always believe I I think players play and, and you know and, and and I'm starting to sound like mad. You know, players play and coaches coach and then you know, but but I I think that in the case of Brenson Buckner, all we heard about was look they made one change on their staff last year in terms of the defensive staff. They got rid of Jay Hayes, and they fi- and they they hired Brenson Buckner, who was a great player. And had some success in Arizona, but honest to God, and I'm not like I'm not throwing shade at him, and he he knows he probably deserves this. Where's the big change here? <laughs> I mean, I knew JPP could play, okay, and he came down here and he's balled out. But like Noah Spence has gone the other way; he's not a factor anymore. Um, you know, Vinnie Curry was never a big sack guy, but he's just kind of so-so. Joe McCoy. I know he has a calf injury and he's been trying to play through that, but he's not the same guy. I mean, where where is this development that I expected? Was I naive to think that Brenton Buckner was going to be their biggest acquisition? Well, possibly. Or did we overrate a lot of these players? We could have. We did, absolutely was, could was, have. Was you know, Bo Allen and Vinnie Curry just a product of, you know, Philly had a great defense and all the pieces sure around them made been. them better? Sure could have been. You know, they got paid here. Mm-hmm. Or has, you know, other teams figured out Mike Smith's defense and they know exactly Maybe. how to attack them to make them, you know, inconsequential yeah. in the game. Maybe. But I'll say this. You know, if you're at one buck place and you're in that organization, you have to really be questioning, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, the whole thing is like where does defense start, right? Who's closest to the ball? Who can establish, you know, sort of the line of scrimmage and, and all of that? And I just I don't see any production on that side of the ball. I'm sorry, it's not there. Well, look, you, you we, we all we all know that it's, it's great to have you know Darrell Rivas back there, but if you don't have a pass rush, it doesn't matter. That's exactly. We right. saw that a few years ago. Yep. That if, yep. if you can't look football, you know, and I've said this before that you're going to pay people and invest invest in a quarterback and then the two lines. Mm-hmm. And everything else around it is is nice and. 
and great, and you want good players, but if you can't win at the line of scrimmage, you're not going to win. Nothing else matters. That's right. Yeah, that game, the game has not changed from that standpoint. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And for whatever reason, they're not producing. I mean, we'll have a chance to, uh, you know, Joe McCoy broke his silence. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to the podcast on that. Um, he's not playing great. Nine years he's been here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as long as Warren Sapp's entire career. And at some point, you start to see the legs go. You start to see, you know, a, a little less production and, you just kind of wonder, you know, how much these guys have left in the tank. But as much as anything, I think when you when you talk about the defense, um, that group right there, the defensive line, needs to get it together and sort of drive the bus because – Well, particularly with how young the secondary is. Oh, yeah, completely. You know, once completely. you lost Vernon Hargraves and, you know, Brent Grimes hasn't been as, as – as, hasn't played as well as he did last season. That, no. you know, And the rest of the secondary is all first and second year guys. Absolutely. That the, you Absolutely. need the defensive line to step up even more. And the guy that's also been disappointing, and I'll call him out because it's true, is Justin Evans. He just has not shown up on tape uh, near a ball, have a chance to intercept it, all those things. And they had a lot of expectations for him. So he needs to get going as well. So we probably need to get going because we've been on here for a little bit. Um, a, couple quick, a couple quick notes, too. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Hein Bloom looks like he'll return to the Rays as assistant general manager, whatever the title is, uh, as the Giants hired the uh, somebody from the Dodgers. Uh, Lance McCullers, local Tampa product, uh, had Tommy John surgery on Tuesday, so he'll miss the 2019 oh, season for the Astros. Oh, man, that's that's a tough break. That is a tough break. And college basketball tipped off on Tuesday. It did. Duke and. Uh, Kentucky were playing each other for a while there, right? Yeah, in uh, Michigan State, I, I don't remember who they played, but USF uh, got a win in their first night. They beat Alabama A&M. Now we got hoops, we got hockey, we got it all for you, college football. I mean, this is a great time of year. I love I love November um, because, you know, everything starts to matter in college football. And and then, look, the Bucks still have a chance. I mean, they got to get back in it fast, but, you know, Dirk Cutter's not panicking. He still has eight games to go, and – it starts with the game against Washington on Sunday. The Redskins are all beat up. They got a ton of players out. I think they put three more guys on injured reserve. Yeah, you got a day. beat up team coming to your place. Yeah, and you you need to take advantage of that, no matter how you played. And I think that's the one thing that you know they've done a good job of uh, trying to keep these guys focused. So, uh, Matt Baker tomorrow mentioned we're going to talk a lot of college football as we always do with Matt. It's always a popular segment. And um, and then I'll be at One Buck Place. We're going to have a chance to talk to their defensive coordinator. Um, a lot of defensive talk tomorrow. Maybe get some answers about that defensive line that's not producing very much. Um, certainly, they got to stop this. I mean, this is you know falling behind 30, 24 points in the first half is unacceptable. And uh, I know that's a big concern over there at One Buck Place. So we're glad you guys join us uh, each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. We are here. You can interact with us uh, on Twitter at NFL Stroud or at Sports Day TV. Uh, you can reach me on uh, email. Um, it's rstroud at tampabay.com. And if you have a question for Matt Baker for tomorrow's podcast, uh, shoot us a, t a tweet or email Rick, and we will ask Matt what you think about uh, whether it's the college football playoff, whether it's USF, Florida, Florida State, UCF, the defending national champions who aren't in the college football you know, top seven or eight, and uh, or Miami, or anybody else you want to ask about college football, give us a call. And if you're looking for a good time, 
Go to Swimming with the Manatees in Crystal River. Captain Mike Swimming with the Manatees. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. You can check them out at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or give them a call 352-571-1888. That's Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees at Kings Bay in Crystal River. For Rick Stroud, I'm Steve Versnick. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 